Okie dokie, here we go. Parshas Baloscha. Um, okay. Nice to see everybody. Sorry, we missed. Last week was what? Memorial Day? Yeah, okay. Um, I was here. You were here. Help me on when she... Oh, no. oh, I texted him and I said. No, Rona texted me, so I, so I reminded. Every, I sent a reminder on right. WhatsApp yes, that we didn't ever share, but I didn't think anyone was coming. Yet. Everyone's at a barbecue. Anyway. Um, okay, so we're going to talk this week. Pashas Baloscha. Um, I don't know how long we're going to go. We'll probably go like through maybe through the end of June. Do you know? Do you can, do I know how to open the door? You can push the button. Just push the key. You got over there. No, no, no. no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know what happened. Just push the key. Yeah, whatever. I'm not doing it. Key one? Yeah. Hold it down or no? Just push it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, well, I guess we'll figure out where, how far into June, but you guys can tell me what who's around once school's over and whatever, but you'll tell me what. I'm around through the end of June, so we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Okay, you guys, tell me, let me know what you think. Um, hi. Hello. How are you? I've been here a few times. Been here but, before. But sporadically. Remind so. me your name. Ayala. So. Ayala, right, right. Okay. Ayala, nice to see you see again. You. Nice to see you again. Welcome back. Okay. Welcome back to everybody. But, um, okay. So we're going to talk Parshas Baloscha. So Parshas Baloscha starts with a conversation about the menorah. It's about Aaron lighting the menorah. But then there's, that's just like a few psukim. And then the real conversation that goes on afterwards is a conversation about the Levium. And if you're not like paying attention carefully, you might miss kind of a very important moment in the history of the Jewish people. So we're not going to miss it because we're going to read it inside. So we're going to know what's happened. But as usual, we'll read and you'll tell me what you think and what your problems are. And we'll try to answer some of them if we can. Says the Torah, Parshas, Balotzcha, Perek, Ches, Pasakei, Vayedeber Hashem, El Moshe, Alemor. Kach es halavim mitoch b'nei Yisrael, Take the Levim Mitoch. From in the midst of. Very good. From in the midst of, or from among, or from inside, B'nai Yisrael. Viti Purify. Purify them. Okay. Yeah, Any questions? Separate them. Like, good. Yeah. Questions yet? Aren't they already Tahor? Yeah, what, yeah, what, what do you mean Tahor? They, right. they, when the Levim become Tame? When did they become Tame? Right? When were they Tame that the Levim now have to become Tahor? What, what is Family happening now? Okay, right. But this is all, yeah, it sounds like this is all of the Levim. <clears throat> did all of the Levim become Tame at some point? <coughs> that they're now becoming Tahor? It's a good question, right? Why are we taking them Mitoch B'nai Yisrael? Like, you're like, you're like, sounds like there's like a very like symbolic action here, right? I'm like rem- taking them out, removing them. There's something going on here. It's a very specific language, which is interesting. Something that Moshe is expected to do with the Levim, take them out, and now make them Tahor. Okay? This is how you're going to make them Tahor. You're going to sprinkle on them the water of sin. But what's the Mechatas usually referred to? The water that we sprinkle on someone who's Tameh? What's that referring to? Okay, it could be mikvah. Some kind of korban. Like paraduma. Paraduma. Yeah, so the mechatas is the paraduma water. Right? Sh- if someone is tamay to a, to a dead body, so we would shech the, shech the animal, you burn it up entirely, and then take the ash and put it in the water with other things, and you take that water and you sprinkle it on the person on the third day, the seventh day, to help them become tahor. Okay. 
So Vitiar Taos, I'm clear, is, is, sounds like we're making a Nem Tahor from, what were water. they? Yeah, we're using the water, because, the, but if we're using Mechatas to sprinkle oh, on them, they, they were, or they sinned, but they, they were Tamemes, sounds like. It sounds like they were, had become in contact with the dead body. All of the Levium, we're in kind of dead body. Okay, we'll have to see. Right? And then, They should take a razor and place it over their whole body, meaning they have to shave all of their hair. Okay, and they have to now also clean out their clothing. That, that doesn't happen for a person who is a Tamei Mace. Someone who's Tamei to a Mace, so they have to go through the process of Tahara, and, they, and the, the third day and the seventh day, they, get, they have the, you know, the Mechata sprinkled on them, they have to go to the Mikvah, etc. But it's a seven-day process, but that doesn't involve shaving their head. Right, or their like body. Mitzorah, ah, so that sounds like a mitzora. Right? A mitzora is a person who <coughs> has to go through the process of shaving their, their body. So, so ready? So now the, the, the Levi, who, as, as far as we know, didn't do anything, as far as we know, now has to go through the process of tahara that a person does if they were a tamei mace. And they have to go through some process that seems similar to someone who had saras even though we don't know that every Levi had either of these. Okay. They bring two korbanos. Okay. They're going to bring all of them together to the Oa Moed, and you're going to gather all of Kala Yisra. Okay. Okay. <coughs> And you're going to bring the Levim in front of Hashem. Visamchu b'nei Yisrael es yedehem al Levim. And now the Jewish people are going to do what? Samchu yes yedehem. Cover their hands. Rest their hands on the Levi. When we rest our hands on somebody, there's two examples. When you give them a bracha. Samchu yes yedehem. Okay, when you give them, okay, three examples. Good. Yeah? I think they left them in already. Somebody was outside. I think she left them in already. Our forefathers, when Yaakov blesses his Okay, so we bless children, we put our hands on their heads, right? When else do we put hands on someone's head? A mace. We have to. Yeah, a mace. Actually, that's interesting. They put, they put oil on their head and they become a king, yeah? By the way, they do that to the, the king of England also. They, they do like a mishichas, you know, with, with shemen. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give someone smicha, Right, in the old days, they don't do it today. You like, you go to the, if you get smicha in yeshiva, they don't put it in. But like, they would put hands on their head. That's what they, it's called smicha, because they would rest their hands right. on you. Oh. When you bring a korban, yeah. when you bring a korban, you place your hands on the korban of the animal, and you, you lean your, your weight on the bo- body on the korban. Why? You do that because the korban is supposed to be like in your, in your stead. Right. So you, you place your weight on the animal, and now it's like you are, the korban is... So, Right, and even stronger korban imagery is the first word in this passage. It says, Right, you bring them like a korban. So you bring the vim in front of an Israel and you rest your hands on them, etc. Very, very unusual thing to say. Okay. Um, good. So we're going to do all these things, but I'm gonna, let's just skip ahead for a second. Okay. Um, so again, you're going to separate the Levim from inside, but from amongst me. So, they're going to belong to me, says Hashem. They're going to belong to me. Special. Okay? And then what's going to happen? They're going to go do the Avoda. And why is that? Here we go. Why is this happening? They've been given over to me. Double language. Given over to me. Mitoch b'nei Yisrael. From amongst me. So, Tachas pitras korechem bechor. 
Kol mibnei Yisrael akach What are they in place of? Who are they being? Who are they replacing? The Levim? The first Bechor. They're replacing the Bechor. They're replacing the Bechor. Pray to see you. Okay, they're replacing the Bechor. Okay, so now we're now we're now we have some information here at least. Right, what's the reason for this process? Why are we choosing Levim specifically? Because they're going to come now to replace the Bechor. Why? What was the Bechor supposed to be? Thank you. What was the Bechor supposed to be? Korban to Hashem or... Okay. For Hashem. Because reminiscent of those in Mitzrayim, the firstborn in Mitzrayim. Who was saved. Who were good. killed. Good. And, and, it's and the, the firstborn animals also. Firstborn still. animals, good. The donkeys, we did, right, yeah. good. We do a time called Petr Bechor. But the Bechor was supposed to be... The Kohen. Belongs to Hashem. Right. And the, exactly. And, the, and the, the Bechor was supposed to be the Kohen. The Bechor was supposed to be the Kohen. So we're going through a process here now of transfer of Kedusha from the Levim, from, from the Bechor to the Levim. So we're extracting the Levim now and we're giving them a special status. Why? They're going to come in place of the Bechor. It's actually going to be a process later where they actually give money. As, a, as an exchange for every Bechor, the like cinema money, like a pit in a ben, exactly, done for the Levim in place of the Bechor. Wait, I'm sorry. Bechor as in of all the Firstborn of every family. Yeah. Firstborn of every family. Not Ruvain. Not the tribe of Ruvain. Oh. Yeah, good question. But it's the firstborn of every family mm-hmm. was supposed to be the Kohen. Was supposed to be a Levi, basically. They were supposed to be the ones to, 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 to work in the base of Migdash, and that gets removed from them. Mm-hmm. When does it get removed from them? Is that the Chita Egel? Right, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's Chita Egel. Right. And Chita Egel, which we should, we, I didn't bring a few inside, but the, the uh, we're going to see them first, we're going to talk about this. Uh, but just look at your Pasuk Yudchet. Be'akachas ha'levim tachas ko b'chor b'b'nei Yisrael. Right, I'm taking the Levim instead of the B'chor. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Good. And then he says even, even further, I'm going, to, I'm going to take them and why do I have them? Why? The last sentence. This way, when B'nai Yisrael show up, they're going to be saved. They won't, they won't have uh, terrible things happen to them because the Levim will be in charge. What did the Levim do in the story of Chayte Egel? Anybody remember? The, the, yes, the, the Bechoros were part of this whole conversation. They were part of the ones who were involved in the Chayte Egel. By the way, they weren't the only ones. It wasn't just Bechoros who did the Chayte Egel, but they were part of it. But... But what did the tribe of Levi do after? So Moshe shows up, he's upset, he's angry, he smashes the luchos, and then he says, Mila Shem Eli. He says, who's going to help me out? Vanesvu Alav, Vanesav Alav Kol Bnei Levi. And the Bnei Levi come to help Moshe Rabbeinu, and they do something actually pretty challenging, which is, they go door to door, and they kill the individuals who are involved in the Chet Ego. It's like pretty, not one of the stories that we tell a lot to our kids, right? It's a pretty gruesome story, right? Moshe Rabbeinu says, who's going to help me out? And he gets the Levim, the Levim join him, and Levim go ahead and they put to death, capital punishment, every person who was involved in the Chet Egel. okay? So the, by, by demonstrating their, um, their allegiance to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that A, they weren't involved in the Chet Egel, and that they were willing to be his messengers to correct the wrong of the Chet Egel, the, the, the tribe of Levi takes that place and Hashem takes them to be his, to be his unique, special tribe. Okay. Good. So, but we're still left with problems. So, if that's true, then why is this the process? Why the Mechatas? Why the, why the 
shaving their heads? What, like, what, what is this? Like, why is that part of the process? Okay, I just have a question also. This is already a year later ah. or not? We're already like in the next year? Good. This is not, this is, some in Mepharshim explained that this is before they ever set up the camps. Like in the beginning of Parshim by Midbar, they set up like where everyone's going to travel and camp, right? And Levi's in the middle and everyone's around. This is before that happens. Oh, okay. Because that is, presumes that Levi's already been kind of like yeah, a so special so. camp. You have, you have the, the Mishkan in the middle and you have Levi around it. And then around that is the other 12 tribes, right? So the, this ex, the expectation is that, that the Machan and Levi is the closest to the Mishkan. Why? Actually to protect the Mishkan. Right, for everyone else, not going to charge the Mishkan. Never, you can't go in without passing the tribe of Levi. Levi's going to be the guardsman of the, of the Mishkan. So correct, this all happens before. It's sort of like earlier on before. It's after they already set up the Mishkan, but before they've set up the, where everyone's going to, going to like travel, etc. Okay, good? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Where does the tribe of Yehuda fit into all this picture? They do not have any, any unique role yet. They're going to, right? Because David and Melech will come from Yehuda. But at this point, I mean, everyone has a unique, every tribe has a unique role. But at this point, Yehuda is not treated any differently. Only Levi and then the Kohan and within Le- who are part of Levi are treated, u- treated differently. At this point, Yehuda is treated like everybody else. Okay, good. So are we like thoroughly confused? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so Aharon is already an important Aharon yes. is already the And he happens to be from the tribe of Levi. So that's just, that's just random? Meaning, Aaron is a bechor. Aaron, so Aaron, Aaron is chosen. Aaron is chosen to be the to be the, 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 okay. the Kohen Gadol, and his sons are the Kohanim. Right. Happens to be there from Levi, but it didn't have to be that way. You could have had Aaron and his sons are the Kohanim, right. and just like the Aaron family, right. has nothing to do with the tribe per se. It's sort of similar, by the way, to Yehuda. Right? David, David Amelech, right, is like the all kings will come from David Amelech, but it's a kind of irrespective of the fact that it's from Yehuda. Right, so it's, for us, we think of it like, what do you mean? Kohanim and Levim are all from Levim, but it didn't have to be that way. Right. It could have just been Aaron and his family and his children and other Levim are, are not included that way. Yeah. Look, Moshe also comes from Levi. Right. But again, it didn't have to be that right. way. And didn't have to be. Right. Okay. Correct. Good. Okay. So we're good. So we're like a little confused, like what is happening here. Right? And I'm also confused. That's why we're going to figure out some answers. But like, okay, so we understand why Levim are getting taken in place of the, of the Bechor. But we don't understand really is what this process is all about. Yeah? Okay. So we're going to try to figure out, hopefully, through Rashi, a few, kind of give some answers to, like, what is this process? And what does it do for the tribe of Levi? But also, what does it do for us, hopefully, too? Okay. Here we go. Source number two. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says as follows. Says Rashi, source number two. Kach es halavi'im. Kachem bidvarim, right? The language is very strange. Ka, take the Levim, kach, take them. So Rashi says, kachem bidvarim. You're not physically going to take them. But you are going to, you're going to talk to them in a way that makes them encouraged to come. Ashrechem, that known as a mistake, shouldn't be there. Ashrechem shetisku liyos shamashim lamakam. Wow, like you have such a special opportunity to be the shamis of a Baruch You're going to be Hashem's like right-hand man, right? The Levim, they're going to have this special role. Okay, and what do you do? Hazei aleya mechatas. You're gonna pour, out, sprinkle on them the me- why are you sprinkling the mechatas? Rashi says shall efer hapara. Right, you're gonna have to use the the efer hapara. Why? Rashi says why? Because if it, what's part of the job of the, of the levi? 
in Tahar for the service. He's going to work in the base of Middash. If you're working in the base of Middash, can you be a Tamei Mace? No. No. So Rashi says, sort of like Rashbam style, Rashi says, what do you mean? It didn't really mean that every single one of them had to be, go through this process. It just means that if you're all going to now serve in the Mishkan, you have to all make sure if, if just anybody here to Tamei Mace? Okay, so let's take care of you guys. Whoever is Tamei Mace will do the Paraduma. That's just like process, right? Because everyone needs to be Tahor to work in the base. Does that mean all of Levi was to me Mace? No. No, not necessarily. Right? Fine. Okay? So that's like the simple shot. Okay. Vevi retire. But what's going on with the, the shaving, the body thing? That's, that's they're all like swimmers. Right? But they're not. So what, they didn't have those suits yet. So what's going on here? Matsasi Vedivi Ramosha Adashan. So I saw in, in, in the words of Ramosha Adashan, Rashi Tones quotes this person, Ramosha Adashan. What? Okay? Because what's the, what are the Levim doing? They are doing tshuva for who? The Bechor. The Bechor specifically. Why? Okay? And bringing, uh, doing a Vodazara is called like Zivche Mesim. It's like bringing a Korban to that. Uh, it's a person's dead, something that's dead. Vamatsora. Karoy Mace. Okay, and a Mitzora, one of the, like, the Gemara has things like, what are the people, who, certain people are considered dead? One of them is a Mitzora is considered like they're dead. Oh, so like, they brought a Korban to a Avodah which is considered like, bringing an Avodah Zara, is like it's dead, and Mitzora is like they're dead, and the person who brings it is like they're dead, so therefore, his Tikam Hitik Lachas Kimitzorayim, so they have to bring, a, a, they have to do what a Mitzora does. So that's, Nice, but it's not so exciting. It's shaving. Like Gilua is shaving. So you have to do shaving. Okay? Okay? They all had to do it. All of them. Ashrechem, as you know, I actually needed to give them chizik. Ashrechem, it's great. You're all, uh, you're all doing great. Now go shave your whole body. It's like kind of uncomfortable. Right? So he had to give them a little chizik. Okay? So that's one shot. Okay? So that helps us a little, but probably not our, we're not going to stop. We're not going to end with Rashi. Um, on this one. Okay. Rabbi Machaya tells us a different shot. He wants to tell us the order here, what's happening here. Kaches halavim mitoch b'nei Yisrael nismecha parshas halavim parshas ha-menorah. Oh. Remember, we just had a parshas ha-menorah first, right? We had Aaron learning to bring the, to light the menorah. Ki haya ha-menorah mitzvah misru la-kohanim. That was in Mitzvah Sifliki for a Kohen. Ulekach samech la parshazu shi mitzvah halavim shi adachilu lavod. So therefore, what comes next? After you teach the halacha applies to the Kohen, what do you teach? Halacha applies to the Levi, right? So this is out of order, right? It's out of order in the sense that it chronologically is the wrong place for it. But why is it in order? Because we go Kohen, Levi, Yisrael, right? So that explains why it's here, right? Vacharecha mitzvah ha-pesach. She mitzvah, the next parsha is going to be about Pesach. She mitzvah mitzvah ha-pesach. Kohen, Yisrael. And that's why he has the parshas in this order, specifically Kohen and then Levi and then Israel. Fine. I thought that was interesting. Fine. Fine. But I want you to take a look at a couple other things. One is the Hamikdavar. The Hamikdavar, shows number four, is an Nitziv. So we just flash forward like, I don't know, five or six hundred years. And now we're in the, uh, now we are in um, the Hamikdavar Nitziv. Nitziv was a Rosh Hashiva and the Velazh Yeshiva. And he writes as follows. Vitiarta osam. Okay. What's going on here? Chazer lahasir alatara. Okay. Over and over again. It says over and over again that he, you should make them tahor, they should be tahor, they got to be tahor. Why is telling me that tahor so much? 
When a person is involved in Vodosa Kodesh, just like it raises up the heart of a person in the ways of a Kodesh Baruch What can happen to a person if they're being elevated? Right, what do you, you hear this language, right? And Levim are great, and you're awesome, and you're the best, and you're special for Kodesh Baruch Hu, and, and I'm going to treat you special, and you're the most... It's like a little worry here, right? They're going to start walking around like they own the place, right? And that makes the Kaddish Baruch Hu worried, right? I, I need you to know that you're special, but we know that you're special. You might feel that you're special, right? And what's going to happen there, right? And it can cause chil Hashem. All they need to do, these special people, go ahead and now they're doing whatever they like, and it's going to cause a big chil Hashem. V'gam kol ha-godol mechavero, Yitzro Godol Lasos Averos She'enam Bishar Bnei Adam. What happens when a person is greater than somebody else? So what can typically happen to them is that they actually fall harder, right? They have a greater tendency. People who are on a greater, higher level, sometimes I've never, I, being honest about it, I never feel like I totally understood this line. But you say this line: Kol Godol Mechaver Yitzro Godol Himen. A person who's on a higher level, so their Yitzhar is greater. It's a good question. Like, and you can tell me. I don't. I'm interested. What do you think? What that means? When we say that someone's greater, they have a greater Yitzhahara. What does that mean? How would you say that? I'm asking because I don't fully necessarily feel like I necessarily have the best answer to the question. I mean, I usually just picture it more of like people with a lot of power starting to feel that they're above the law and then they like act inappropriately because of that. Because of that. I mean, it goes to your head. Right. Because if you're talking about, right, that's one way to look at it. I mean, call it God doesn't mean like they're actually a higher level person right. or a higher level level in like Ruchnius. Right. But a person who has pat, where great power comes great responsibility, right. right? People we tend to find, right? People who have certain levels of prestige can, can very quickly... Vulnerable. They make, get right. swollen head and they can make big mistakes because they think that they're invincible. Right? So that, which I think actually is what this means here. Right? Because I've always had a harder time with like, well, like if Moshe Feinstein had like a bigger Yetzirah than me, like... I get that, that might be true also. I don't know what that means exactly. The, pa- the power of that, you know, or the ability for that person to fall into, into mistakes maybe is bigger. But like, um, but th- here I think it means this, right? That the, a person who's who's sos avero they actually can make do bigger blunders, right? And they we have the Benayeli who were like the they were the sons of. Uh, uh, the sons of Eli who made it, who they're they running the Mishkan and they made, did all kinds of really terrible affairs, right? Because you're, when you're in that position of power, you can actually, it can infiltrate you and get you to do things that you would never have done otherwise. But the point being, but what can happen? A person who gets brought into this special status, it can lead them to become Tameh. You're going to make big mistakes. What does the Kosh do? So therefore, what does he do? He causes them to go through this whole process of Tahara. Like, don't think that you're invincible. You're actually going to need some protection. It's almost like a, it's like a prophylactic mm-hmm. process of Tahara because you don't want this to happen to you. Right. This is what's going to happen if you mess up. But that's, right? before, that's, that's before they did something. Once they do something, they still have to do it again. Correct. If they did something wrong, for sure they're going to have to bring a Korban Chattas and they're going to have to they become, they speak Lashon Har about people that have to get Taras and then have, all these things will happen to them. But it's almost like this is what's in store for you if you don't get it together. Right? And don't think that because you're giving this special position, everything is good. And they have to go through this kind of rigorous process. It's not so simple. It's not so easy. And this very public process in order to, be sh- to sh- see their responsibility. Right? 
And he said... I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes the higher Madreka a person is at, the more we expect of them. Okay, you expect them to be able to hold their temple better, um, to have more patience. But they're still, if they're still a human being, there are going to be times when they're going to lose their patience. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yes, it's true. And so, no one's perfect. And and then when they're punished, their punishment just is usually harsh. Greater. Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu, Arna Cohen. Yeah, absolutely. But by the way, we have actually specific korbanos. It's a whole different vort, but it's like one of my favorite vorts, like in the whole world. The Torah says, Asher Nasi Yechata. That when the Nasi sins, we have the, the, the following Korban they have to bring. And, and so the Swarno says, Asher, it should be Im Nasi, if he makes a mistake. He said, no, no, no. Everyone said, if you're stepping into that position, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to hurt somebody. You're going to do something bad. Well, but what, what I think the Hamakdavra is getting at, and it's safe, who himself was in a position of leadership, he was the head of the Shiva in Velazhin, was that, yeah, but like, we, 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 we prepare for the scenario where they mess up, and we deal with it when it happens. And we also prepare ahead of time with a reminder that just know you're given this very special position to be the levy. Don't let it go to your head. Don't let it go to your head. Why doesn't he feel that way, or does he talk about that also as the chosen people versus the nations of the world? Like, do we have a protexia of that as well? Look, we're held, look, we are held to a higher standard in general. Right, ask Hebrew national. No, right, right. Um, but but we, we, I mean, we do. I mean, you're right. What's the prophylactic piece to it? That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Well, is, there, is there a parallel for Am Yisrael? I don't know. That's a good question. But there certainly is that aspect for us also, right? We are, the, the, the concept of Chil Hashem, which applies to a, to a Jewish person, right? Particularly to a from Jewish person right, who does something. We know, what, we know what that looks like, right? And it's real. And, uh, and we talk about it all the time. So that it's, it's the worst that every person can do is Chil Hashem. Can't do chew for chiloshim. It's like it's a really b- big deal, right? So, so we th- it's for the same reason because we because we are placed in a certain position. Fine. So that that's what the nitziv said. That was very interesting. It's also interesting if you know, like again, the nitziv standing in a certain position that he, you know, occupied that you know with, with that with that message. Fine. But I want to show you two other ideas that both come from the same person. Rizalman Saratskin. Rizalman Saratskin, who was a rav in Ukraine and then eventually comes to Eretz Yisrael, he writes a sefer called Nine the Torah. Actually, I want to tell you three ideas. We'll see. I have 15 minutes. We'll see what we can do. And he writes as follows. Kach es halavim. You see where I am? Source number five. Source number five. Kach es halavim. Kachem midvarim ashreichem shetisku liyos shamashin lamakom. That's Rashi. That amazing opportunity you have to be this special chosen group. And then he writes the follows, which is so interesting. Amnam Kain. Yeah, that's true. However... There are a lot of things too that Moshe had to take with him. To make the Levim feel comfortable taking on this role. To kind of coax them to take it on. Hello. What's the first mm-hmm. thing that a Levi has to do? You're not getting a Chelek in Eretz Yisrael. Every other member of the Jewish people is going to have land. And the Levi will have none. Okay? How do they get paid? How does they get paid? By other members of the community giving them money, right? giving them their miser. That's how Levi, that's how Levi makes, his, makes his living. And even when they were in the desert, they, were, they got 
taken care of. Fine. But at that point, they didn't feel it yet. The bitterness, says the Wow. Right? How difficult it will be to be a person who gets paid by what? It doesn't mean basar meaning get paid by your boss. It means basar meaning by the charity of others. I'm being a person who's, whose entire parnasa is dependent on other people being charitable. They have to. It's a mitzvah. They have to give maaser. But we can imagine there are probably some people in Klai Yisrael who weren't always as careful, even in maaser, and who loses out. This is not just a mitzvah ben l'makom. person doesn't give their maaser to, to the levi. The levi doesn't have parnasa. doesn't have food. There were times when a Kaddish Baruch Hu actually gave most of the Jewish people in the times of Yerav ben Nevat. He was one of the kings, one of the worst kings of Israel. They had to leave their cities. They had to leave the ten tribes and they had to go to Yehuda. They stopped giving them Miser. And they had no food. So they had to leave and go to, go to Yehuda. Right? Because um, they weren't allowed to go to the base of Mikdash. Right, in the time of Yerub Menevat, he set up Egle Zahav, right? In the north. And so the people would not go to Yerushalayim, ever. They'll go to the next, the next side. The next paragraph. And they didn't have enough. Yehuda and Binyamin by themselves, this is the time when you had the ten, the ten tribes and the two tribes. And you didn't, it was Yisrael and Yehuda. Yehuda was really Yehuda and Binyamin. Right? But they didn't have enough to feed all the tribe of Levi. Right? There were times when there were terrible kings in Yehuda also. It was so difficult for them. They had nothing to eat. So you never think about this. Right? That when Am Yisrael is in a bad place and doing the wrong thing, who pays for it? The Kohanim and the Levim pay for it. Nevertheless, they stayed true to their job. But the, and he says, and then he writes later on, So what when they go to Galus, go to Bavel? So now the Levi can go to work. Because there's no, there's no more Beis HaMikdash. So it's the first time Levi has ever had a chance to go to work and make his own living. And what happens? They taste what it meant to make your, your own living and to live off your own, your own hard work. And then they didn't want to go back to Eretz Yisrael. And who would have blamed them? And then they have to rely on other people. But the bottom, bottom line is, he's just pointing out that all this good is not so easy. And that, that language of kachas halavim, that Moshe had to kind of convince them. It's amazing, I promise you, it's going to be great. Wasn't that simple? It wasn't so easy to be a Levi. We think like, oh, it's chashiv, a Levi, get the second aliyah, you wash the hands of the Kohanim, it's great, you know, it's amazing. It's not so great. It's really hard to be a Levi. Wasn't, what, what do you mean? Everyone gives you money. You have to yeah. be nice to everybody. You have to be nice. <laughs> yeah. But think about it, right? Everyone's paying your salaries, right? It's, it's crazy. It's hard. Right? Imagine what that's like. You live in a community, and the whole community pays your... No, I'm kidding. Um, right? But, right? but it's like a... It's, right? That's a hard... It's a, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, sorry, right? it's just great. It couldn't help. Um, but, but it's much... But this, this is their whole life everywhere. It's much different. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's hard. So that's one piece. I just thought, so, I just thought it was so fascinating. Right? It's such a fascinating insight. Okay, that's one. Okay? Now, but look at the next point that he makes. Ve'iviyu Sarah. 
Sorry, why do they have to shave their heads and just their whole body? It's like, what is this up? It makes it, I can, right? it makes it very uncomfortable, this whole idea, right? We don't like the, what it sounds like. Okay? What is that about? Why are they doing that? Right? So we saw this before. They give, they bring a kapara for the bacharos. This is the story from Rashi. Okay, look now. One, two, three, four lines down. Second to the last word. Halo gam pshutim Says the Snaimatar, wait a second. Was it only the Bechoros who served the Egel Azav? There were regular people also, non Bechoros, who served the Egel. So, Velama Heviu Kapar, Rakal Bechorim. So, why did they bring a. So, like, oh, we'll do Tshuva for all the Bechorim. What about everybody else? Aval Bechorim, Sheishvem Kedusha. says, no, yeah, but the Bechoros, they had a job. They had Kedusha. Hayutsrichim Nimchos for Ovde Egel. They should have stepped up. It was their job to step up. Forget they didn't say anything. Forget they didn't stand up as they should have. And then they joined it. Right? The Kohanah, the Bechoros needs special Kapara. The rest of Amisol, they, they did a dumb thing that they shouldn't have done. The Bechoros, they knew they were special already. They had a leadership position. Not only did they not say anything, but they helped. And they served the, 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 the eagle. So they get an extra, they need an extra kapar. Okay? So if you go, go down now, it's four lines on the bottom of that paragraph. It says, Right? And so, uh, so why did the Kohan are the ones who, who do this? Because they are the ones who punish them. Right? They're the ones who, stu- who stood up. Mispar Yafeh Biyavi Karaba, and what's and what's this story? Mashal, they give them mashal. Lamelech Shamrulo Shasar Echad Mal Bekesaf Mulcha. They find out. King says there's one person who was, you know, a you know, you know, had an important position in the government, and he stole money from the king. Vayitzav Hamelech Lavir of the Mnos Achar Tachtav. So the king has to remove this guy and put someone else in his place. Vishalu Es Lamelech Umiyam Aleisach Chisarim Ba'Otzar Mulcha. Who's going to fill in the, the the job now? Who's going to do this? Vayan Hamelech. The person who has the job, what are they going to do? They're not just going to take the job, they're going to actually fill, they're going to raise the money to fill, to fill what was stolen. Not only they take their position, but their job is to now elevate, right, and to fix it, that which happened. Fine. So, so, and that's part of the reason why they, they go through this whole process, this unique Tahara process, because they, they have to st- they step in now. They step in the, in the place where the Bechor was, and the Bechor had a responsibility they didn't have. And it kind of fits together, right? The same thing of like reminding them of how serious a job it is, right? You have a special responsibility, so they have to go through this very serious process. Fine. So, but I want to share with you in the last five minutes, one last shot. One last shot. And it's based, it's not based on this little article here, but it is a little bit. Source number six is just an article. It's a, there's a, it's a large article, but just one interesting point. It's an article called How to Fight Entitlement and Deve- Develop Gratitude in Your Kids. If I, if I could do the things in this article, it would be great. Um, but it says as follows. According to a survey cited by psychology professor Robert Emmons, when parents were asked what they worried most about most regarding their children, the majority did not name drugs, sex, global warming, political crisis, or the economic future. Instead, this is in 2020, I think the article was. This article is written in 2022. But instead, two-thirds of parents said their primary concern about their kids was their sense of entitlement. 
Which, by the way, I wonder if that's like... No, I, I believe that totally. You believe it totally? Perfectly same. But here's my question. Was that, is that new in 2022? Were parents worried about that in 1982? Or not in the same way? I think it was a different kind of worry. Different type of worry? Different kind of worry. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure what you have to say on it is more important than what I have to say on it. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, I look around at all these lovely young preteens and teenagers whose parents are spending a fortune on school. And it becomes an even greater fortune because of all the wonderful programs that are available during the summer. Whether it's at a co-ed in the state, in the somewhere else, whatever. And they all expect that this is coming to them. And it's hard. It's hard. It, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard for them, to, I think, to keep a perspective. Because it, from my perspective, and I'm only an older person with young friends and grandchildren in that age. It, it's very hard. I mean, it, it's... Um, but you think it's unique in this generation? No, I think it was in other generations also. But do you think but it's I worse think, now I, than ever was? I think it's... Oh, I'm going to say something that you're going to tell me never to come again. <laughs> I think the thing is even perpetuated more because of the shipping process. Okay, okay. You should come tonight. We have a special program. A special program tonight. You need yeah. looking for a, a, a person to be your life partner. Yeah. You have to have appreciation. All the other things are wonderful. But anybody who tells me that they've never had a harsh word with their spouse, partner, whatever you want to call that other person, uh, or a disagreement, they're either... Highly dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Except, unless you're married to my wife, but everyone else. Um, no, but I agree with you. I, I, but to this, to this point, I think it's true. I think we all, it resonates with us, right? That is everyone, that's, that's, our, that's our biggest concern, right? And I, so I'll tell you such an interesting shot. Vitsal Rudinsky is, uh, is the Rosh Hashiva Yeshiva called Yeshiva's Oruvain in Munzi. He's, He's a wonderful teacher and Rebbe and Rosh Hashiva. And he wrote a safer called Mishkan Mitzal, which I don't have, I, I didn't have it on me. I had it in my notes, but I didn't have the. the text. I wish I had it because I'm sure he writes it in a beautiful way. But he points out a very interesting idea. That this whole story of the Bechor getting removed is not a new story. That's the entire... We spend a lot of time in Sefer Bereshis. What happens to us Sefer Bereshis? The Bechor gets kicked... Every time the Bechor gets kicked out. Right? Yishmael is gotten rid of for Yitzchak. Right? We have... Oh, over and over again. Yaakov for Esav. Yosef for Ruvain. Over Menashe and Ephraim, it happens in every story. But isn't right? Esau Yes. So Yaakov's take, but Yaakov right. goes in his place. Right. In every yeah, case, yeah. The, the the younger brother overcomes the older brother. And why is that? Because Yaakov Avinu was upset with the idea of the Bechor being this automatic transfer of leadership just because we were having to be born in a certain state. Okay, so that caused problems the way it like worked out a little bit. But it, the, the message was the same, right? It's a great quote from Abraham Lincoln. You have to do your own growing no matter how tall your grandfather was. It's a great line, right? And, and so he says, if that's true, he says, perhaps that's what's happening at this moment. Because he, he asked the Kashi, he says, why, why do the Bechoros have to go through the process of Tahara? They didn't do anything wrong. Right? This, is, this is the problem. The, 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 sorry, why did the Levim have to go through the process of Tahara? The, the Levim didn't do anything wrong. His point is, because they have to earn it. They have to do something doesn't just fall to you, right? right? 
It's a grounding. You ha- you earned this, Hever. Remember that you did this. And by the way, one of the pshatim and the the the, the mechatas being sprinkled on them. Why are they tamei mes? What did they do? They made them tamei mes. They killed a lot of the members of Klai Yisrael, right? And they're being reminded, right? When the moment they killed those people, they became tamei mes, right? So what happens? They have to get retarified to remind themselves that this is why you're here. You're not here because it's being given to you. You're here because you earned it. Right? And this is why you're and this is why you have this responsibility. And yes, see, so I know the cash is, but it's not their children get it for free. Okay, I get it. But but that's still true. We have to have some way of setting it up, right? But in every generation, I can make it new every single time. But the process of the levy taking over being through a process that he has to go through, which is really hard, and Ozan Torah really like puts that in there, like how hard it was for them, right? And there's some generations can be really difficult. It's something you're gonna have to earn. It's not just something that's handed to you. And maybe that's part of the process. And, and I, I don't know if he said it or I saw it pointed out that it actually fits very nicely. The, the, the last Rambam in Hechel Shemit of Yovel, source number seven. I don't learn a lot of Rambam in Hechel Shemit of Yovel, but I found this. It's the last, last, last line. So he talks about in that, in that halacha, in this whole process, he's talking about the job, job of the Levi, etc. And then he writes, Velo sheva Levi bavad. It's the last thing in the, on the, on the source sheet, which is underlined. Velo sheva Levi bavad. El koish v'ish mikol ba'ya olam asher nad varucha oso ve'ivini mida'o lihibadel la'amod ifnei Hashem. Any person who wants to stand in front of Hashbarucho, the sharso, or la'avdo, la'deas Hashem, to know Hashbarucho, v'halach yashar kamo shaso elokim, u'parak me'ot savaro al-chashbonos harabim, asher bikshu b'nei adam harezen yiskadish kolosh kashim. Per any person shouldn't make the mistakes that the Rambam think that this is reserved for the Levi. Of course, certain jobs are reserved for the Levi. But it's not like the Levi's made special and now like everyone else is out. The answer is no, we can all be in. We all have a chance. If what? If we work for it. If we, if we, if we put in the work. And that's hard for us because it's so hard. It's so hard for kids especially to put in the work. But it's even hard for us. I think that we, it's, it's seeped into all of, our, to all of us. You know, that sense of like, okay, like whatever, it's not so hard, it's not so worth it. You know, it'll come to me anyways. I don't want to have to work so hard for it. So many things are now expected in the world just to come to us because. And, and maybe that's part of the process here of the, of the Levi is learning that even though something special is coming to you, it's not coming to you. It's coming to you because you worked hard for it. You gave something up for it. You, you were most nefesh for this. You stood up in a difficult moment for this. You stood up against your friends in a difficult moment for this. And that the purpose of this whole process is to remind them of that and to remind all of us of that. That there's nothing, there's no, there's actually is no such thing as free lunch. Even though, right? There is no such thing as free lunch. It's true. Even today, there's no such thing. The more we work, the more we put in the effort, the more value we gain in everything that we do. And that there's that value here that's, that's being messaged to us in this transfer of power. So it's a, it's a story that gets glossed over. It's a story we don't notice as much, we don't think about as much. There's a lot there. There's a lot there, I think. And whether that's the message of just how hard it was for them, the message of the value reminder of you get elevated to a certain place, uh, don't forget who you are, or the message of what happens when, uh, you know, w- w- when you put in the hard work, that you, can be reward- you are rewarded um, by the effort, not just by you know, uh, the, the, the result, I think is something to take from this story. Okay? Mishkarach, everybody, thank you. Thank you so much.